You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show. Slowly getting my voice back after a beautiful tour of the tropics up there. Uh, actually, we can we can talk about this a bit later with today's guest. He's very familiar with the region I was in. You sound tanned. Thank you. Saying. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, I've been yeah playing up like a barley watch. Uh, I uh, but I did spend a little bit of time in yes Cairns and, and north of Cairns the last week or so. I'm of course Clancy Overletter, the Batuta Advocate, joined by Wendell Hussey, the Eternal Cadet. And today's guest is an old friend of the newspaper. Uh, he's an old friend of a lot of people. I guess you'd call him a national... Well, I'm, I'm, starting, I'm starting with Cairns. You're from Cairns, but you sang a song called well, Old Fitzroy. Well, I'm not from Cairns. I lived, uh, in, I lived in Cairns for three years. You lived in Cairns. Sorry, you, know, you, you spent formative years of your youth in Cairns, spending a lot of time in Sydney nowadays, but also you're an icon to the people of uh, Northwest WA because of uh, you know Brand New Day and uh, all the joy you brought the world going on 10 years ago now. Um, a little while, you've, yeah. You've done a lot for a lot of people right around this country, not to mention, uh, you know, some of your, your storytelling from, you know, the mob, your mob back in, uh, in in Central Central Australia. So, Dan Salton, thank you for taking the time to speak to this humble Western Queensland well, that's newspaper. A, that's, a, that's a lovely intro. I don't know if I'm, if I'm subscribing to all of it, but I appreciate your words. And, you know, you mentioned Cairns, and I'm, I'm lucky to have, I feel like I have a few homes. When yeah. I lived in Cairns, I didn't feel like it was my home. That was in your, your, your new metal era. Yeah, 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 or pre-new metal, yeah, very new metal, new metal, yeah. I mean, I uh, once I started going back, mm. you know, I'll never forget it. I, was, I think I was about 18. I was moved back to Melbourne where I, where I grew up, yeah. and I went up, and I was at a mate's place in the pool, and we'd gotten a bit stoned, yeah. you know, and I was just in the pool looking through some palm trees at the mountain range over a cane field. You know, and it was like, fucking, this is amazing. <laughs> and ever since then, I've just been like, whoa, yeah. I, lo- I love that place. Yeah, that beautiful moment, country. That moment. Jeez, this is all right. It was great. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was really good. I was yeah. sitting on a, I don't know, like a inflatable thong or something like that. Yeah. You know, or a flamingo or something. Yeah, yeah. A couple you know, cool it was noodles. perfect. There's <laughs> a little bit of that for you this weekend, wasn't there, Clancy? Yeah, I got to see Port Douglas for the first time. I got to see Port Douglas with locals, which was a bit different. To um, How were they? Oh, the locals are great fun. I was, it's I a lo- nice place, isn't it's, it? It's a nice place. I mean, it's obviously a tourist town and it's obviously the well-heeled of Melbourne and Victoria kind of treat it like their, their little getaway. But the locals were interesting, and, and I learned a lot of things about the development of Port Douglas and how it has actively not been overdeveloped, speaking to a few of the old heads up there. Did you know, the, which I thought this was a great metric and a very Queensland metric to prevent you know, overdevelopment, was that nothing <laughs> in Port Douglas can be built taller than a palm tree. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's great. It's, I didn't know that, yeah. but you say that, and, yeah. it, it, and, and it's, it's like I've known it my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Is that a Port Douglas thing? It's a Port Douglas it? thing. It's kind of their own self-enacted... I guess council, you know. I love it. Mm. So the second story is the penthouse. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and also they didn't want, because the early days of Port Douglas, from the water all you'd see was the Sugar Wharf, the Catholic Church and the pub and pretty much everything else. What more could you possibly need? Well, that's all you really want. 
you can't see anything else. You can't see the town from the water, which also is, I guess, adds to the... Uh, yeah, right. And that was a, a, a planning yeah, decision? Yeah, just well, from that's, the early, the early kind of um, I, um, builders up there. I remember going up there again once. I'd moved back to Melbourne and I was up there on, on holidays. Yeah. And a few mates came up and we drove to Port Douglas on a Tuesday or something. And I remember we, we couldn't even get a pie. <laughs> we just drove there, looked at it, lovely, you know, yeah. and then just drove back yeah. to Cairns. Nothing, there was nothing open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, no, this isn't. Well, it was summertime, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I can't, well, yeah, it might have been summer, yeah. you know, which is the, the wet season yeah, yeah. up there and typically not the tourist season. No. But I remember thinking, okay, you know. <laughs> Looks lovely. <laughs> yeah, it looked great, but geez, we were hungry. Is it one of those resorty regions where it's like everything's within a kind of resort? There or are there are resorts yeah. there, and it's big those resorts. But the town itself, you know, I heard somewhere recently that you're not allowed to build taller than than a palm tree. <laughs> <laughs> I do love those no, parts it's pretty, of the world. From what I remember, I haven't been there in, in a while now, but yeah, from what I remember, it, it was pretty pretty chilled out. You know. Do you remember from your time in Queensland the the, the relentless humour of tourism shops? I just saw in Cairns as well <laughs> on the weekend. Lots of the shut up and fish hats or the, my favourite, of course, is women want me, fish fear me mm. a, as a hat or a shirt. Oh, that's some, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, a few years ago, got my dream car while I'm still still allowed to have it, and I'm, and I'm all for electric vehicles, and that's obviously yeah. where, where we're going. But I got my dream car, which was a Land Cruiser. Oh, yeah. So I was sort of exposed to that delightful <laughs> culture. Sub- subculture. <laughs> and a lot of it is delightful. I mean, my, my wife and I, with our daughter, before our son was born in 2020, just went on a massive drive, mm-hmm. you know, like 18,000 kilometres. huge, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you meet, you meet some really lovely people. Just and there's roads that, that only... Those cars can can go yeah. on, so you know. But then you see some bumper stickers, and yeah. you think, you know, like Ooh. diesel and soot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, diesel soot gets the yeah, gets yeah. The what's the name? <laughs> you know, and you know, pretty charming stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, yeah, the BNS culture in itself is. I mean, Denny Utemaster is home to those bumper stickers. One I saw was a bright pink. Must have been an old, old Valiant Ute, covered in those stickers. And it was obviously owned by an older woman. And on the front, it said Bundy Nana on the, on the, <laughs> on the windshield in pink. Just in case there was any <laughs> And then on the back, she had a bumper sticker saying, roll me in rum and throw me to the cowboys. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, oh, I like man. Good time. Yeah. Come on, man. Pops yeah. in the home. She's out there. Are you going to the Denny Ute Muster this year? <laughs> Am I going to the Denny? Yeah, 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 yeah. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, um, you know, we started this line of discussion with the relentless, as you say, <laughs> comedy of the, of the tourist stores. And um, I went in and I actually bought a singlet, pretty daggy tourist singlet. Yeah. And they, they, they had one singlet. You know, and she she directed me straight towards the large, and I said, "Yes, yeah, thank you. I can find it." She goes, "Yeah, this way." So, like, righto, mate. Yeah, <laughs> look me up and down. Anyway, that's another story. I'm doing well, actually. I'm feeling good. But, You're uh, feeling good. You're looking another, well. Thank you. I look. How fantastic. how long how long now? Well, I'll just say it was a singlet saying Cairns 1988, and someone standing with a surfboard. Like they'd lifted the image from the old Endless Summer yeah, film. Yeah, right, you right, know? right. And it's like, oh yeah, that famous swell of Cairns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like it got past got past the Great Barrier Reef <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it landed on the shores. You know, and it was um, 
Every yeah. time you talk to surfers, you go, what's the furthest north you've surfed? And there's always usually Sunshine Coast, but sometimes you'll meet one of those sickos that's gone up to 1770 yeah. and found a wave coming in through the yeah, reef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. There's, there's folks that'll go out, you know, past the reef yeah. and just like, let's go out there. Open you ocean. Know, yeah. Coral sea <laughs> on, onto the reef. It's proper adrenaline junkie uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, my wife grew up surfing and she, she's pretty coordinated. I was never that, that coordinated. The, no. the boogie board, no dramas. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Escalating, but I, but yeah. I'd, yeah, but I'd look at... I'd look at people that, that would do that stuff, like mm. jumping off the rocks and, you know, yeah. and we spend a bit of time down south and you see them and you just think, you know. I did go out once. I used to work with someone who was, who was a really great surfer and he took me out. He lives down on the Great Ocean, lived down on the Great Ocean Road and yeah. he took me out with him once and I was, you know, I was pretty young and pretty yeah. fit and I thought, all right, no worries. And I didn't even get out before my arms were just... Like uh, Helped you concrete, you know. Began sympathising with Harold Holt. It was bad. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be the prime minister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, how long has it been that you've been living this healthy lifestyle? Now, I reckon you'd be uh, about four years. Four now. years. Yeah, we moved up before. We've got family there. Yeah. My, my in-laws are all from there, so yeah. we moved up before our first kid was born. Yeah. And yeah, I oh, know. So about five years. I've noticed the, um, and I say this to most people who are. You can tell when someone is living the, a lifestyle as healthy as yours, you know, where the, the touring lifestyle is no longer the same for you. You've got the uh, the whiter whites of your eyes. You know, you don't have that perennial burnout look of a, of a musician. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Well, that's it. I, I mean, I definitely I definitely did it, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a person who likes to experience things yeah. in life. <laughs> you know, so I've done it. You know, I was talking to a mate before I got – before I got married, actually, mm. we eloped. On that trip that I mentioned before, yeah. that big trip we did in 2020, we got married on the way home. It was oh. really beautiful. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. there were seven people there, and three of them were my, my then fiance, now wife, and our, our daughter and myself. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. And well, Congratulations, uh, mate. Oh, thank I, you. I know, yeah. You kept that one pretty yeah, tidy. The thing is about eloping, is as peaceful as it is and yeah. beautiful, I mean, there's no presents. You no. know what I mean? So. We thought, oh, should we still ask for presents? I'll like, oh, be better not. Um, <laughs> there were a couple of presents, yeah. you know, here and there. But um, yeah, he asked me if I was going to have a bucks, and at that point, I, I hadn't had a drink in a couple of years. By that point, and I was like, I've had a bucks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm all right. On the yeah, dirty no. mile, you had a few bucks parties. Dirty mile, yeah, you know, clean mile, dirty mile, <laughs> you know, yeah, half mile, <laughs> ten miles. Yeah. Yeah, golden mile. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, it's. Uh, I certainly, you know, I didn't. Not going to die wondering. I want to know about your songwriting, since you've, you know, kind of settled. I would say, as you said, you've lived. You had a crack. I'm living now, but yeah. I'll just say, you know, yeah, I'm no, so, you've, you've lived hard as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm certainly not saying that you're impli implying anything, but you know, if if I do sound like. You know, sometimes I feel like I've done a lot of press around this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just you just get a bit sick of. T and I know I'm talking. You know, we're yeah. we're mates, so yeah. whatever. But it's kind of there's a bit of a narrative that like things used to be shit, yeah, and now they're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be shit, yeah, and now I'm great. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like no, I was great before, and I was shit before, yeah. and I'm and I'm great now, and I have my moments now. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? There's nothing. I go for St Kilda Football Club, and we've got a really 
amazing so you really know. philosopher <laughs> as a coach who I love. His name's Ross Lyon. And he's like, nothing's binary, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nothing in life is binary. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. be paraphrasing Ross Lyon throughout the interview. I do it, with, I do it throughout my life. Yeah, I was in a oh, meeting the other day and I did it with my manager. St Kilda fans she goes for the to, Saints too. So, St Kilda you know. fans have to find a way to, uh, you know, keep, keep pushing you know, put forward. up with plenty of shit times. You know, yeah. I know Tex Perkins says, oh, if we won the flag, it'd be weird because, you know, we're, I'm sort of comfortable with being the underdog and friends have asked me about that and I'm going that's a just coping mechanism yeah. <laughs> he's just had to make that make sense <laughs> because of his life but what I was going to say is he said it's you know nothing in life is either this or that you know binary it's just you know things are complicated people are complicated yeah. I'm in a really beautiful place yeah. and you know well that'll sort of go on to our your question, which I interrupted, yeah, sorry, no, no, but, no, but um, I, about know, the songwriting. No, the inverse since, of what you're saying yeah. is there's this narrative of, oh, when you do go, you know, you do go straight and you do dry out. That there's this narrative that, you know, nothing's happening in your life. You know what I mean? You go from I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, man. that's it. You got you got two kids <laughs> under five at home, and you've got a bit of space, so, and you're working. So I'm I'm, I'm asking with the with the songwriting now, mm. how has it changed? Because I know what musicians are like, especially younger musicians who are caught in that hard living when they're making songs. You know, they're making songs on the piss, they're making songs on benders and mm. they're all kinds of stuff now. Have you found it's like a it's a completely different process and I want to know about what the process is now for you? Sure. Look, I feel like I, I made really great stuff. I found a, when I was younger, yeah. you know, I'm really proud of all, all the work I've done. That being said, I mean, the work I'm doing now is so fulfilling yeah just for the work itself yeah and i think what it i think it comes with with being you know a bit older and yep. you know having done a few days work between then and now you yep. know as you say i got two under five and you know got responsibilities and i believe in the work so i would like it to do well yeah. but at the same time you know the work from a purely artistic standpoint i'm i'm, I'm just totally fulfilled yep. you know which is a really incredible place to be mm. you know to be a, a writer a painter or poet or musician yep. to be fulfilled within your work yep. is a nice thing you yep. know and that fulfillment with me is not something that I'm then able to to rest on the fulfillment and what a huge part of that fulfillment is the constant challenging yep. myself you know I worked with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra a couple of weeks ago and I and there was I had a few songs to sing and one of the songs I wasn't as prepared as as I would have liked to be and frankly as I usually would be you know, but yeah. I, for some reason I just wasn't with yeah. this particular one, and I was really fucking pissed off at myself yeah. and um, frustrated and and a bit embarrassed. You know, yeah. and it's that's not necessarily a bad thing. That kind of you know, I wouldn't go as far to say humiliation, but you know, you know, yourself humility, up little, yeah. humility mm. is is a powerful thing, especially if you've got if you've got a bit of an arsenal, and yeah. especially if you've you've got the capabilities to really yep. dig in. You know, and kind of double down a bit yeah. you know so that fulfillment is is here because of many things and one of those things is is challenging myself yeah. you know but i will say that i there's my songwriting before i wrote a song called wait in love yeah this is it's just like there's all the songs up until then and now there's all the songs after you that. reckon that was the wait in love was, for yeah. me is like fucking you know how would you define that metaphorically it wouldn't be a fork in the road it was a what was it? It was a, it is a an before arrival. and after moment. It's an arrival. It's an arrival. Yeah. 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 And you know, you you arrive somewhere because you've been somewhere else. Yep. And again, I'm proud of the the stuff and where I had been, and I've worked with, I've collaborated a lot 
and I've worked with some really great songwriters. I've been really lucky and I've been lucky to become a great songwriter myself, you know, but it's not, it's, again, it's not a given and it's not something that you can rest on. You know, you arrive at a place like this and it's like you're getting, now you've arrived at work. Yep. You know, you get your dream job. Now, yeah. now, now you get to start working. Yeah. You know, that being said, I guess I've always felt like that, you know, which is a big, which is something that I really appreciate is that I've always, nothing's been more important yeah. than what I'm doing right now, you know, mm-hmm. and everything I did before was practice yeah. to what I'm doing right now. Did you feel a bit of pressure with that? Because this is the seventh album. It's reflective. It's and it feels kind of it feels big. Like you're you're writing it and getting it out. Did you feel the pressure of that to put it all out there? The rawness, the vulnerability, that sort of stuff. I think I definitely did, but I think I felt the pressure before it. Yeah. Mm. Every other album. Last time we spoke, mm. we spoke about Killer, which I think was a sensational album. Yeah, it's a great album. It's a great album. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a feeling there. It was unsung a little bit. You yeah. Know? It was unsung by the landscape, by radio, by whatever. Was that playing on your mind too coming into this one? Because you've done a lot of work since then, but this is... Well, that yeah. was the pressure that we yeah, were just yeah, sort of talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just think, oh, well, fuck it then. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> For you a know, couple of years of that. Yeah. Yeah. And look, at the time... And sitting here now and speaking to you now, I mean, I approached that record in, you know, a pretty toxic way from an artistic standpoint. And I don't mean, you know, the cocaine and fucking vodka. Yeah. I mean, I was doing it thinking thinking about a a radio station. I was doing it thinking about a festival bill. Yeah, right. You know, and then you don't get the radio station and that flows on to not getting the festival bill. Yeah. And you just go, well, fuck it then. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then years later, I, I write, I'll keep coming back to this, but I write Wait in Love. Yeah. And it was honestly just such a, there we this are. is just a beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. Really well written. I wrote it with Joel Quartermain, yeah. i got to say, who's my producer and best mate and incredible musician and producer, artist. You know, and it's like, oh, well, fuck it. You yeah. know, this is what I, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm proud of Killer and I think it's really beautiful, but at the same time, you know, Mate, at that time in my life, you know, I was running at max 65%. Redlining. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you just kind of, you're spinning plates and you're mm. full of shit. Yeah. I was full of shit. Yeah. And when you're affected like that and you think, oh, well, it's all right because no one else knows or whatever, well, no one else cares yeah, yeah. for starters. Yeah, right. So the fact that, you, that you're getting around thinking, oh, well, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm tricking everyone here, yeah. no one gives a shit, yeah. right? And secondly, you're bullshitting yourself. And you're full of shit. You're not. <laughs> you're not being as good as you can possibly be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. I was disrespecting my my talent and yeah. my gift. Yeah. I was. I was. You know, making people around me worried. So the sobriety thing, right? Yeah. Being sober, is big, but it's it's just another box that's been ticked yeah. in going from one space to another. Yeah. Right. And I remember the moment. Okay, I was in rehab, and I was. I wasn't staying in a, in a rehab I was staying at home and it was nine to five Monday to Friday anyway I went in and, and my counselor who's still my counselor now and a good friend of mine asked me if I'd been to a meeting the night before which I was supposed to you know you're supposed yeah. to be going to these things and, and I oh, said when you're, when you're off the clock too yeah yeah well you're never off the clock 
you know. No, but when you when but you walk out I, of that, I know place, what you mean. Yeah. But I'm just being a bit, you know. I'm yeah. sorry, never off the clock. I know mate. sobriety's not nine to five. No, no. No, we're going to go get lunch, and I'm still on the clock. There. Yeah, I'm sober from nine to five, Monday to Friday. Yeah, and it's working out great. Um, and he asked me if I'd been to a meeting, and I said that I had. Yeah. And two minutes later, I was like, "What am I doing? Yeah. I'm here." You know, from a pragmatic, practical standpoint, yeah. financial standpoint, it cost me a fucking fortune. Yeah, to be in there. And I'm in talking life. shit to this yeah. guy yeah. who doesn't give a fuck. Really, he only cares about it in and in, in how it's going to affect me. Yeah, but he's not. He's not going home. You know, thinking about every single person that's talked shit to him. Yeah, you know, about their sobriety. Yeah, and you know, and I just got pulled him aside, and it was in front of people. It was in the tea room. Yeah. You know, at the Lipton next yep. to the honey. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? A couple, couple yeah. of Arnott's biggies. Blend 43. Yeah. Arnott's assortments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was serious. I couldn't bring Dilmar in. I was like, fuck. You know? They're like, no, you can't bring in your own tea bags, mate. <laughs> you know? Like, it was pretty yeah. full. Of... Can't bring anything in And I told in him. Yeah. I told him. I said, look, that was a lie. And it was, it was a light bulb. Yeah, right. That was the moment. It was the moment, man. It was just like... Got to stop talking what, shit. What am I doing? Yeah. You know? And I was and I was generally a pretty honest person. Yeah. But at the same time, I would tell lies when it was about stuff, you know, about... There would be some lies along the way, like that, you know? Yeah, and you yeah. just kind of... Oh, yeah. And it's this spinning plate stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I've been able to get to since then is I've been able to get to a place where I'm not fucking flogging myself over yeah, that, yeah. you know? Because I've had a bit of shame around it. Look, I took as long as I needed to take... Yeah. To do what I needed to do, yep. and when I was ready, I did it. And now I've been sober over five years. I was sober for a year before the birth of my first child. They've never seen me pissed. They've never seen anyone pissed. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I grew up in a house that didn't have any alcohol in it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it was, it was occasional. My dad had occasionally, very, very rarely, and it was never scary. It was never toxic. You know, and you it get was a bit just, giggly. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, a bit kind of a bit sleepy. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was never anything like that. And I remember always thinking and wanting that for my kids. You know what I mean? That that kind of environment and that relationship with alcohol. And I knew that I had a problem for a long time. You know, but it wasn't. So the sobriety was just a thing that came along with that. Just fucking, what are you doing? You know. Yeah, yeah. So when I yeah, go, okay. when, so, when I so sit down the at the piano different. and I write, wait in love. Yeah. And I think, oh, well, fucking Triple J aren't going to play this. It's yeah. like, well, who gives a shit? You're yeah. a fucking artist. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't play your last album anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So They didn't play your rock star album. So who gives so, a shit? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Who, who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know? And it's not just Triple J. I've named them, but it's not just them. It's the whole thing. I mean, if you're an artist and you're, and you're working for anyone else yeah. and anyone else's wants or, or needs or expectations, it's a toxic fucking scene. Yeah. You've got to do it sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like my, my management, they're really great. I mean, they, they know a lot about content and social yeah, media. Yeah, and so they're getting me to do things yeah. that I think are embarrassing, yeah, yeah. you know, until I do them and then I like them. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm just getting used to it. Yeah. And the fact is, is that I don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, no one has to do anything. I do want to ask, though, we, we can talk about the sound and we can talk about the fucking avenue. But, like, I think of artists... Um, we interviewed Tex Perkins the other day, and I think. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, we had a good chat with him there. Coping mechanism. Yeah, the old, yeah. the old, the, the concealed martyr. Yeah. Um, but there's also, you know, Tex Perkins exists in folklore, 
I would argue a household name, uh, even in non-Muso kind of households. Absolutely. But, and Don Walker was another interview we did the other day. You know, aside from Chisel, all of Don Walker's work is lauded, but it isn't that mainstream. You know, you talk to an artist. Yeah. You've got musicians, musicians. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Don, you know, he's had a lot of commercial success, Mm. obviously, but, you know, a lot of his work is... As you say, yeah. not not as you know, but I mean, I think that goes for anyone, really, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, Jim Magini, oils. Yeah. I mean, he he never stops working. Yeah. And most of what he does, and particularly now, the oils are they're done. Yeah. Until they do a reunion show, yeah. which they have to do for the day. voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe for the voice. Yeah. Not the TV show. Maybe for, imagine they did one. Oh yeah, we'll do one for the voice. Oh great. And they're on that and they're on that TV yeah, show. Benji Madden spinning. Is this a chair. what you meant? Yeah. Jason Derulo. Rita Ora wants yeah. you to be on her team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? Yeah. Um you know, so But look, is, is that where yeah. you start talking about what's going to play live? Is that where you start talking about what's going to play either in a roaring Live music venue, like um, what's the one down there in the Dirty Mile, the um, the work Workmans or the work- The Rob Roy it used to be when I yeah. I actually did a my uh, did an album launch at the yeah. Rob Roy, it's the Workers though, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah on the corner there. Whether you're talking about one like that a joint like that, or you're talking about we should stadiums. say that's uh, that's Gertrude Street in Fitzroy. Gertrude Street, yeah, for all you listeners out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gertrude Street. Yeah, so when I'm writing, I mean, when I'm writing, I I'm I'm writing for stadiums. Yeah. Yeah, I'm writing without expectations. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I don't have low expectations, yeah. but I don't have high expectations. But you've, you, know, you, you I just do don't play stadiums in, in in different capacities. Oh, I have. Yeah, I have been in stadiums. Mm. I've seen stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my wife this morning. Actually, this is a bit off topic. This I'll ask you guys a question. Does it seem now, and maybe it's a post-pandemic thing, but there's just all these, you know, massive. Artists and acts, yeah. and it's just like fuck. There's a lot of stadium shows. At yeah, the moment. It, I, I think it is a post-pandemic thing, and I think it's hilarious because it's really upsetting in Sydney, particularly. You know, people who are like, "We moved next to the Sydney Football Stadium with the promise that there would be two live shows a year. It'd be Robbie Williams and it'd be you too. Yeah, and, and only them. Yeah, now forever. Bruno Mars and fucking oh, no. Taylor Swift. They got everything Bruno coming. Mar- Where's he from? Yeah. Yeah. What's what's her deal? Mm. Yeah. Poor old yeah. Taylor Swift can't put on enough stadium shows. She no, could no. do one a day for the next year and they'd be sold out. Yeah, Poor Tay Tay. That was that was good to see for the girls. I remember that was good to see. It was good to amazing. see. Little, it was great to see a little Beatlemania, you know what I mean? I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we were gonna sell, start selling our tickets and we got a call from a certain Ticket provider <laughs> saying, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a week. Yeah, yeah. Push it back. Yeah. This is before any announcements. Yeah, yeah. And my manager was like, she loves, <laughs> she loves, she yeah. loves Taylor. Um, you know, so we were pretty lucky that, yeah. that, they, that, that they called, that yeah. they sent us through the thing. But, yeah. Now, I want to talk to you about playing stadiums. In Australian psyche, Dan Sultan is the type of artist, and this is a rare title to behold where you can play an origin or a grand final entertainment <laughs> and, and and you're not going to be met with the response of who's that who mm. <laughs> you know what i mean you are that's a tough gig because it's like i've worked hard for a very long time <laughs> yeah, for that it's it's <laughs> tough because it's like everyone's like dan Sultan, yeah, dan Sultan's perfect dan Sultan's perfect because Anyone else they would be viewed, anyone else would be viewed as radically experimental. It's like Dan Sultan, <laughs> Hunters and Collectors and Chisel. That's all good. Like, 
Uh, Briggs a, is probably getting to that point. It's a rare thing, <laughs> yeah. Because um, that's a hard crowd to keep happy. I the people the, who have come to watch football. I did the NRL Grand Final years ago, <laughs> and I was doing – it was like a Rolling Stones medley with Phil Jamison from Grinspoon, Tim Rogers, Davey Lane was playing guitar, of course. Oh, just a, and forgive uh, the old-fashioned supergroup. Yeah, forgive me. I'm sure there were, there were others, but, you know, it was a while ago and, you know, Things are a bit dusty from back then. And I remember them saying, Tim Rogers, Phil Jamison, you know, Grinners, you know, Grinners, Dan Sultan. There might have been a few thousand people cheering, which is usually good. But when there's 100,000 people there and a few thousand people cheer. Your tour kicks off the Dan Sultan East Coast tour on the 30th of September this year, I believe. Yes. Grand final season. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, grand final is usually around that time. Mm. Yeah, first week in October. Any um, any thoughts on a NRL return, NRL grand final return? A, well, uh, I'm available. I'm, I'm, AFL. I'm available for mm. inquiries. Yeah, you mm. know, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one. You can't help but get flogged. Yeah, you know, there's going to be people, but that's just life, I guess. Whatever. This yeah. is you're in the you're in entertainment. I mean, there's people as you said before. There's people who want chisel or hunters and collectors. In the AFL, they want hundreds of collectors. In the NRL, they want chisel. Yeah. And they just play get, them, and they get the gigs a lot too. They still, well, as they should. Yeah. I mean, just get Seymour to sing Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. It's literally the Holy Grail <laughs> of that sport, said sport. You know what I mean? It's a no-brainer. Well, as I was saying before, you are one of the few who can pull that off uh, You know, at this point in your career. And, and I, I want to talk about I don't know if I want to, though. Yeah, that's it. And you've said no before. I have said no, yeah. yeah. I said no to last year. Yeah. And why is that? Um, you know, if you're not careful as a First Nations yeah. artist and act, and this, I think this is particular to me for the point I am in my career. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't think it's necessarily true. You know, I think a few years ago I probably would have jumped at it. But opportunities, things that are presented as opportunities, yeah. if you're not careful, right, they become glass ceilings, yep. okay? So opportunities become glass ceilings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's only so many times I can stand behind someone and, and sing a particular song. Yeah. Oh, that's what you do. You reach a certain point as a First Nations artist yeah. and then you sing this song or you sing that song, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the people that were performing, I know all of them. I've worked with all of them. Yeah. You know, incredible artists, acts. It's certainly not – I'm not saying anything against any individuals. Yeah. It's just the look for me and it's just – how things get represented out there, which I've always fought against and I don't like it. And at the time I could have used the money, but I didn't want to just spend another, do another thing where I'm just there basically because I was Aboriginal. Colour commentary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I now know it's all clicked for me now when you say AFL. This was effectively probably a week after the Hawthorne Review would come out too. So there was a little bit of a rushed kind of very, I do remember it, a very rushed response to that in many, many ways, and it did feel like that's what that would have been, you know. Yeah. A solid I, rock was playing, of course. Well, I don't think it was necessary. I think that was on the cards before the Hawthorne stuff. Oh, and, right, and, right. and I'd spoken, you know, in the, in the years previous, and it just didn't work out, yeah. and I wasn't about to be in cycle. I was in cycle this year, so yeah. it was something that was a bit of a better fit yeah. for me and my where I was at personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes things just work out. Yeah. Sometimes you just get lucky, yeah. <laughs> you know. There was Hawthorne, and then there was that, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Can I ask you about the grand final in a slightly tangential thing to it 
What's it actually like playing a grand final? Is it a little bit weird in the sense that you've got a couple of songs, you've got a crowd who yeah. aren't ready to, you know, they're not have there a for you, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> is, is it weird it being sucks. out there playing? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Awesome I will game. say I haven't played an AFL grand final. I've played the NFL, uh, NRL, but and. Uh, NFL, fucking chill out, settle down. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, ball. it's a good album, mate. But you know, it's one, one day at a time. Fuck yeah, you know. Coming down from the ceiling. Yeah, hang yeah. on a minute. Yeah. We'll get you on there I don't know. He seemed fine for a while, but then he started. I don't know. He's, he's lost it. Yeah. He should probably get back on the piss. Super Bowl. Yeah. Are you sure you're not on the piss? Yeah. I played the NRL, but I have played a few prelims, mm, which yeah. are massive, and you know, yeah. it's Full from house. from a practical standpoint, it's essentially the same thing. And yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's exciting, <laughs> yeah. but you can't fucking hear anything. You got, you know, you got these in ears that that are kind of weird because you're in this stadium, and yeah. you know. But you do it, and you get yeah. through it, and you're with people that you enjoy being with, and, and, you, and you have fun, and you share something, yeah. You know? And then you watch but the footage. You're the most equipped. Yeah. Ten minutes know. set, looking at a grandma and a grandpa in full Saints kit. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I would like to, you know, I think I would like to play the grand final, but I would like to play there as as Dan Salter. Yeah, mm. not as that's my First thing. First Nations mega mix. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, and that's and that's just something. That's just a point I've gotten to in my career. I've enjoyed that before, mm-hmm. and I've done that before. And uh, again, I think it's for me personally. You know, I'm just talking about myself here. Obviously, yeah. it's just it's just become. I've noticed it. It become a bit of a glass ceiling. Yeah. I want to be a bit sensitive to it as well. Look, yeah. that's a that's obviously a term that's been about. I've been around. You know, in relation to women in the workplace and and all that kind of thing. So I don't want to speak out of school. And you know, if I've if I've done that or anything, I that's not what I want to do. But I think you know, being a First Nations person, we're not without our own. Marginalization and, and, and metaphors and, and yeah. struggles, you mm-hmm. know. So that's just where I'm coming from yeah. with that. It's just there are things that are built as opportunities mm-hmm. for one reason or another, yeah. which is none of my business. But I have feelings about them. Yeah. But you know, I think you can imagine what what some of those might be. I don't think they're all negative. Yeah. But you know, they're built as opportunities. But then, if that's the only thing, and if that's the absolute pinnacle of white Australia or these promoters expectations yeah. on you as a First Nations artist. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm not and I'm not paying attention to it and I'm not giving it oxygen and I'm not breathing on it. But it is it is interesting you say that because when you actually can remove yourself from it, people wonder what does that look like? You know, what does that look like for artists who are able to be artists and are able to transcend any glass ceiling or anything like that? And the the answer is the kid Leroy. In in many circumstances, you know he's well. Not, he just got out. Well, he's not doing Coachella. To, he's not doing Coachella as the First Nations kind of. You know, he's not doing any welcome no. to countries. He's not doing anything like no, that. No, he just got out of this yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. And good on him. Yeah. You know, and then every time he comes back, they just, you know, not all of them, but you know, the, the usual suspects have a go yeah. about something, whether it's his family or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like. You know, whatever. You see, he's sponsored. You see, he's the. I just saw this today. He's the sponsor for the South Broken Hill Footy Club. They they were about to go bust. Yeah, good on him. And that's looking after the roots. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't think that's you know. I think as First Nations people, we. We definitely experience that a lot. But I think as Australians, I mean, you got to. If you want, if you want more, you got to get out. You know what I mean? What would you say right now your sound is? Oh, beautiful. Yep, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. Yep. I love it. Yep. 
everyone gets put in, in places by other people as far as what are they, what do they represent, what's the context, how does this person make sense mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. It's not just First Nations people. There are things that are unique to First Nations mm-hmm. artists that where things that exist in that space that are unique to us. But you know, the, that happening itself is isn't you know unique to First Nations. So whatever. I mean, you you talk about you know when you when you step away from that, what does that look like mm-hmm. for an artist? I mean, for me, it was just really peaceful. You know, mate, we spoke about it mm. before we got in. You know, there was a, a friend's wedding out in mm. Western Queensland, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that I wasn't able to go to yeah. because a couple of things fell over at the end of last year. Yeah. And, you know, doing something like the grand final would have been a big help at that time. Yeah. You know, I got kids and yeah. I, I got responsibilities. So it's a balance, you know. I mean, I'm not so selfish that I'm just not going to do things. I yeah. mean, I have to. Some some things I have yeah. to do. But you just weigh it up, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's um it was something that I that I didn't feel was was right at yeah. the time, yeah. you know. So so what does that look like? Well, as an artist it looks great and it feels great. Yeah. And then you go on and you start making your best work and that's yeah. what I've done. And where are you most excited to get back to? Where are you taking it? Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do that first, and then we'll, um, we're, we're thinking about some regional stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- these are going to be the, the, the big shows in, mm-hmm. in beautiful rooms. So the Princess Theatre in Brisbane, mm-hmm. which I've never been to, but I've seen and it looks amazing, and yeah. I've heard it's really great. Mm. And um, the recital centres in Melbourne and Sydney, yeah, right. respectively, which are just beautiful, big, gorgeous rooms. Is know? it just you? What are we talking about here? No, full show. Okay. Full, full band. Yeah. Yeah. And we did some festivals at the start of this year, which were really great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, um, we've done a lot of work to get, get the new material up and it feels awesome. Well, he's arrived. Dan Sultan has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, this is him. This is the bloke. You can tune in on an array of different platforms and listen to his new work or you can go see him live and we can... All together, listen to the aftermath of uh, Wait in Love. That before and after moment, the arrival um, that has led to today's arrival. Thank you for joining us, Dan Sultan. Thanks for having me.